Hi, I'm Mina. I uh, have been a member of this church for 10 years, and I was asked to speak today on my faith journey. The most important thing I can say is that it is a journey that is still evolving. Some of the journey has happened here in this sanctuary that we share, and much of it has happened in my experience as a mom and in my profession as a doctor. But to start at the beginning, I grew up with parents of two different faiths, but neither parent was particularly religious. My mother was brought up Christian Protestant. Her grandfather was an evangelical minister, and his son, my grandfather, was very put off by his fire and brimstone mentality of religion. He was anxious to leave the strict Christian community and find salvation in higher education and schooling. This, in ways, rubbed off on my mother. I feel she saw religion and independent thinking as mutually exclusive. We never went to church growing up, except for Christmas and Easter. My parents did not want to baptize me, as they felt it should be a decision I came to later in life, on my own, with my own opinions. My father was born in India and raised as a Hindu. He is an extremely curious man and interested in all religions, but never felt any one held all the answers. We did not follow many Hindu traditions growing up, but I would sometimes go to temple with my father's siblings and loved the smell of incense, beautiful statues of many gods, and the underlying belief that we are connected through Brahma, the one spiritual energy that runs through everything and everyone. I like this idea that divinity is in all of us. The idea was further influenced by a Quaker school I attended in New England from 1st through 12th grade. Part of the Quaker teaching is that we all have an inner light, a piece of God shining in each of us. Our relation to God is individual and can't be shaped by a priest. We had Quaker meeting every week where we sat in silence until people, students, and teachers would stand up to reflect to the congregation on what their spirit was experiencing. I had the courage to speak twice, and I don't really remember what I said, just that I was terrified and wanted to see if I had the guts to break the silence in front of all of those people. And I did. Thinking about it now, I probably also agreed to speak today, even though I'm scared, just to see if I have the guts. And I do. So I went into the world as a young adult, believing I had a piece of God in me and that I need to shine that into the world. In my basic understanding of the religions I had been exposed to, I understood pretty much all of them have the golden rule built into them. So if I treat others with the kindness I would want for myself, I pretty much got myself covered. I didn't feel I needed any particular religion to tell me how to do it. I felt okay with this straightforward plan of simply following the golden rule until I became pregnant with my first child, James. I had many sleepless nights during his newborn months where I pondered pretty much everything. I've always felt that parenthood puts a magnifying glass on everything you are. The good in you grows, the not-so-good anxieties and insecurities become more obvious, and most of all, the, quest the questions get bigger and deeper. Now that I was entrusted with the life of another human being, I started thinking deeper about spirituality and the meaning of it all. I've been writing in a journal for my son, James, since I was pregnant with him, just a book of thoughts and wishes for him that I plan to give him when he goes to college. I wanted to share a brief excerpt from that journal that I wrote to him on November 13, 2011, when he was about three months old. It is as follows. 
Dear James, I had a thought last week when I was feeding you at 3 a.m. I started to think that you must be an angel that came through me from heaven onto earth. I felt that my job must be to help you transition from your angel form into your human life. I think you are still in your angel state right now. Every time I see you, I can't help but see how perfect and heavenly you are. I hope to guide you with Daddy onto the best path possible as you start your life here on Earth. Maybe the angel part of us, the part we were born with as babies, is what we call our soul and stays with us until we pass on and become angels again. I like the thought of that. It gives me a lot of peace. And that's how it went. So with thoughts like this running through my head, my husband Tony and I decided that if we're bringing another human into the world, we need a spiritual home base for him. So that's where our relationship with the neighborhood church began. We visited several churches in the South Bay, and neighborhood church felt the most like home. My husband was raised Catholic, so traditions like communion were important to him. This church gave us traditions and structure, but also with the inclusivity that made me feel welcome. For the first time, I actually enjoyed listening to the sermons and felt like I was learning and getting a little nugget of spiritual growth with each visit. There are two nuggets that have especially stuck with me that I'd like to share. Number one is there are curious questions and there are critical questions in Christianity. The second nugget is Christ has no body but yours. As for the first nugget, I felt that separating curiosity and critical thinking opened up Christianity in a completely new way for me. It allowed faith and critical thinking to coexist peacefully. I had grown up with a grandfather and a mother who doubted if that was possible. Dr. Young gave an example once that a curious question is wondering if or how Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Christ. But the critical question of Christianity is if one believes he is the son of God. And I knew that, yes, I believe he is. The stories and curiosities of the Bible do not have to always be taken literally for me to learn from them and understand what it means to be a faithful person. It seems so simple, but it was a big shift for me and my comfort in calling myself a Christian. The second nugget is probably what has helped me grow the most. Christ has no body but yours. It helped me visualize a way to bring spirituality into action. As Jesus died on the cross, he lost his earthly body. So how is he to bring his love and comfort to this earthly world? It must be us. It must be our body that delivers the love. There is a poem by St. Teresa of Avila. Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. When I'm at my best, I try to think of myself as a vessel to bring Jesus' love and comfort into the world. A specific example when this came to my mind was a day I was working last winter during the pandemic. I'm an infectious disease doctor and was seeing an elderly woman in the ER who was brought in from her nursing home last December for fever and breathing difficulties. She had advanced dementia and was not able to speak much to me but I could see on her face that she was absolutely terrified. The COVID testing was sent, and I didn't have the results yet, but 
but it was pretty evident that COVID would be her diagnosis. She came with paperwork that indicated that she did not want to be put on a ventilator. I called her daughter, who confirmed this. The daughter was unfortunately not able to come in to sit by her mother's side due to the infectious risk, another tragedy of this pandemic. As I examined the patient in our sealed-off room in the ER, I could see the muscles of her chest retracting between her ribs as she struggled to get air. She had a face mask with oxygen on, but was unable to speak. The only response I was able to see was a single tear dripping from her right eye, over her temple, and into her hair as she lay struggling. That image will never leave me for the rest of my life. We both knew that she was dying, and it was just the two of us there. I put my hand on hers and said that I will help her. She will not be alone. We will care for her until she feels better. I think that is what Jesus would want me to do. I believe that is what he would have done. We were not able to save her, but hopefully in her final moment, she didn't feel alone. I knew God was by her side, but hopefully my physical body helped a little. I ordered an IV drip of medication to relieve her air hunger. She died 45 minutes later, no longer struggling to breathe. I have felt helpless many times in my life, and especially during this pandemic, but I was taught at this church that I have a body to bring love into the world, and that is a purpose that gives me comfort. As I said at the beginning, my journey continues to evolve, but I remain curious, open, and appreciative of this church community. I do believe that our bodies, separate and together, can do beautiful things, and hopefully it makes Jesus smile. Thank you for listening.